Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. My name is Pete Vecchi, and I'm glad to be with you today. I am joined today by Pastor Don McDonald from Danforth, Illinois, and by um, Josh Kugel, who is pastor in Gulfport, Mississippi. And last time we were discussing how the pandemic has affected the church one year approximately into the pandemic. And we talked about various different things. And we kind of ended up talking about um, not worrying about our physical bodies as much as we need to be concerned, especially as pastors. But as we pastors teach, we need to make sure that people are most concerned with their spiritual well-being. And uh, we wanted to continue kind of on this theme again But today we want to kind of look at what we think the church might need to do moving forward. And um, Pastor Don, P. Mac, Pastor Mac, uh, you were talking a little bit about dealing with sin in the church. And I guess my first question before we even get into all this, uh, Don, is when we started talking about COVID, how did the idea of sin in the church come to your mind? I I think basically there's such, because I know, you know, Josh and I were talking a couple of times before this whole uh, recording of Reconciling Grace, is there such a division in the life of the church over the treatment of COVID? You know, from, you know, masks versus no masks versus um, you know, the vaccines versus no vaccines. And, you know, my leadership at Danforth has asked the question, what will post-COVID look like? How are we going to be able to come back together as a church, even though we've had different viewpoints on the treatment of COVID, you know, from, you know, the last session we talked about our states and how our states are handling COVID in terms of preventive care. And one of the things that really came to heart was how do we as a church bring all of us believers back together? How do we reconcile each other as we're working together? And, you know, that's why, you know, I was thinking about for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them, that good old Matthew eighteen twenty text. And of course, you know, like you were saying, Pete, that Matthew 18 is actually dealing with sin and how do we bring each other back together as a church journeying together. And and that's one of the things that, you know, as I've been dealing with COVID as a pastor, the real question I've asked myself is this, will I be in a place as a pastor to bring all the varying viewpoints back together as a body of believers. Because my job, I feel as a pastor, besides presenting the gospel, is to be someone who can reconcile people together, even if they've had different viewpoints or, you know, thoughts dealing with COVID. And and that that's been difficult for me 
that's been real difficult because, you know, I'm sort of saying, hey, you know, those of you who aren't wearing masks to those of you who are wearing masks, we still need to be one in Jesus. We still need to be gathered together, you know, no matter how small our numbers because of COVID, Jesus is with us in that gathering. Um, how have you experienced that, Josh? Do you do you agree, disagree? What's your feelings on that? Um, I, I I agree, but I, I'm going to say from the beginning, our 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 uh, our focus has been to safely do as much as we can, so that we leave. Uh, for one, as far as when they gather and all this kind of stuff, we leave those decisions to the people rather than rather than us administratively. As soon as we could get together and meet, we we met. We followed all the guidelines and everything like that. And what I continue to extend to people is we don't want you here until you feel like God is leading you to yeah. be here safely, that you can take precautions and that you won't look at somebody else as a risk or something like that. Because the last thing we'd want is uh, for us to be second guessing getting together and all that. But um, you know, so so it's always been on uh, the people as to when they're ready, um, and I don't want to manipulate people into being ready before they are or Correct. anything. But um, I, I do realize that we're missing something significant when we're not getting together, and I, I will say that as well. The other thing we've done as a church is before this, and I, I, I was not at our church long before COVID. Um, and so one of the struggles I've had through COVID is I never really got to know many people very deeply, like a pastor of however many 664 years like you've been. <laughs> um, Some say a millennium, uh, by the way, too, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I didn't have that relationship. But right before COVID, we, we began to intentionally be a church that was multi-generational. Yeah. And we actually adopted the, I guess you call it a tagline or whatever. And in our logo, it even says that we are, and it says our church name and it says a church for generations. And what we do is we intentionally sing songs that are older and newer. And we intentionally preach in a way that brings in people who are older and younger and all this kind of stuff. And so we already set the framework and the intentionality for being a church that would be uh, uh, friendly to people who were different ages. And so in that, I think we already set the framework to being a church that's friendly to people who have slightly different views on uh, some, some, some things with politics and on some things with uh, yeah. economics and social stuff and, and all of this. Obviously, um, we, we said it earlier before this, we got to keep the, the main things, the main things are in, in the, the primary things or the, the, the essential things we have to have unity. Um, but there's, there's a level beyond that where we need to look at somebody else and say, look, I'm just going to treat you with the grace that I've been shown. Um, not by you, but by Jesus Christ, you know, um, and, and, and if you come and you want to wear a mask, Hey, I'm not, I'm going to steer clear from you. Not because I don't want to be by you, but I want you to be here and I'm going to sacrifice a little of my own freedom to make sure that you're able to be here with me. And so, um, I just think we're continuing to to push that. You know, let's allow for each other because we do want to get together. It it um, almost feels like Josh, you're saying we need to be all things. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you uh, know. That, yeah, I, I hear that it. because actually, your ministry and my ministry uh, mirror each other. Yeah, we're both generational churches. We both value generations, and we both value the history of the church and the newness of the church all in one. And I agree that builds in the ability to be reconcilers sure. post 
COVID. Sure. You know, and, and I think that's so imperative, you know, when, when we look over our ministries is, you know, we, I think we said it well in the last one, why we're, we're trying to maintain that bounce. And as we maintain that bounce, we're also saying we as ministers want to work with what you give us. Sure. In Christ, and that way we can deal with the no mass versus the mass people, and actually be able to be catalysts of conversation of forgiveness. So sure. where two or three are gathered in my name, type yeah. of feel. Yeah, you know, um, I I think the other thing that keeps coming to my mind, um, and Josh, you have that text before you. How do we do this? Um, I don't know about you, Josh, but I really need the Holy Spirit through this whole thing. Yeah, and that's at Ephesians six. Ephesians six eighteen. Is yes, that what we're looking at? preach it, brother. And and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Ooh. Oh, that I don't know. That gives me goosebumps. Because the essence of post-COVID is what the essence of COVID is. The need to the Holy Spirit to minister to us and to God's people. Yeah. The yeah. government doesn't matter. The restrictions doesn't matter. The preventative care doesn't matter. What matters first? The presence of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And why the Holy Spirit is... I was going to say, why reduce the church to being the same as some kind of social organization? That's not our. That's not our mission. It's no. not our call. It's not what makes us unique. We are not a, a club. We're not a, a a group that gets together for for parties or for anything like that. We are a group called by Jesus Christ to get together to worship and to live out our faith together and to change the world for for the kingdom together. Um, and, and so, uh, we got to keep that as being our, our, our identity, not, uh, whatever else, uh, the world would, would tend to push at us as, as saying what needs to become our identity. Correct. Right. That's what I was getting at is the Holy Spirit makes all the difference and the Holy Spirit has throughout history made all the difference. Um, we're, we're talking in this pandemic, like this may be the worst thing that's ever happened in mm -hmm. society. Well, I kind of doubt that. I mean, yeah. you know, you look back in history and there's been all kinds of things. You've seen plagues that, you know, where we didn't have vaccines and you didn't have a CDC to tell you what preventative things to take. But the Holy Spirit has been the key um, throughout all these different things. It wasn't just plagues, you know, there were wars, there were famines, there were all kinds of things. And the Holy Spirit has been the factor that has been the key to bringing people together. And you know, Pete, in terms of listeners, as they're listening to this, I think one of my prayers is, even during COVID and after COVID, the need for the Holy Spirit's always there. Absolutely. And yeah. we as believers need to let people know that they're not alone in this journey of life that they've been given, that it starts with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know, you know, when I've done pastoral care and I've gone into third-degree burns and, you know, the, the, the parishioner had third-degree burns over about 60% of their body, the, and the body, they're wrapped in a body bag. And I have to go into that setting. And I have found myself saying before I go in, and it's showing my age, I start always before I go in and 
open that curtain. Holy Spirit, this is your time because I have no idea what to do. Mm. I have no idea. And, you know, the beauty of the Holy Spirit is he will speak for you and you just have to get out of the way. Yeah. Yep. I, th- I think it was Moses when he was leading the people of God in the wilderness that said, he offered something like this, God, it's your presence that sets us apart yeah. from all the other people on the, on the planet, from all the other people in the world. It, you know, we could become a, 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 a worldwide power and it, it, that wouldn't be what makes us special. We could have the most significant people, the most talented people and all that, but your presence is what sets us apart. Um, and I, I think in the church, we have to remember that. Um, so I, I just think what makes us unique is our relationship with God, our focus on God, his yes. spirit being alive in our organization and all this kind of stuff. And if we don't have that, what's the point? And, and I think you, you voiced it well, Josh, in, in the other setting, in the other session we had is that balance between physical and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, and the spiritual needs to always be at the forefront yeah. that we are who we are because of the Holy Spirit. Sure. And we and did, go ahead, Pete. Jesus, I say, didn't Jesus also say himself, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we keep focusing, it seems, whether it be now, especially because of this pandemic or whatever. When I'm saying we, I'm talking our culture tends to keep focusing on the physical it focuses almost primarily almost exclusively not just primarily on the physical and the the worst thing in the world that could ever happen would be that somebody would get covid and die from covid that would be a tragedy we 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 agree with it that that's a tragedy anytime somebody dies but what's even more of a tragedy is if somebody spends eternity apart from god amen and that's the biggest tragedy that anybody could ever face. And uh, I'm looking at our timer, guys, and we are already getting to the time where we need to be taking a break for our sponsor. So I think it's about time for us to do that. And we will come back with the second half of this episode of Reconciling Grace. And we're back with our second half of today's episode of Reconciling Grace. We are talking about how COVID has uh, made itself known, I guess, in the church, how we've reacted as a church in the past year, and and kind of now looking forward, hopefully, to what this is going to mean. And we've been talking about the need for reconciliation. And there's a great scripture passage in 2 Corinthians 5.18 And it says this, it says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, reconciliation, reconciling grace kind of has a ring to it, doesn't it? What do you think, Don? It definitely does fit together. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the intro says that we have a variety of opinions being shared. I mean, Josh and I are different people, but we're trying to reconcile together, aren't we, Josh? Um, just a little, but you know, the, the hardest part to me of COVID-19 is going to be that act of reconciliation because we live in a time where people are very good at stating their opinions and staying apart. 
Um, and that's true in the church. It's, it's not uh, absent in the church at all. And so, you know, my question has been, like we began this section of Reconciling Grace, of how do we be, you know, reconcilers? How do we deal with people who are very much not wearing a mask to those who are aggressive about wearing a mask? And I always find myself, like we would said before the uh, break, that I start with the Holy Spirit. You know, I start with prayer because somehow, you know, we have to, as pastors, negotiate through um, the mask, no mask, and still say, Jesus is here. Yeah, I I think, um, remember that old song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Yes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his glory and grace. And the the things, that, that, that last line, I love it, I preach from it oftentimes, but... And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Yes. And what, what's it? In light, the light of his of glory his, and grace. The light of his. And so the idea is, is that if you're focused on Jesus, the things that don't matter quite as much seem to kind of just become less important. And so the church and the way we reconcile, especially during this with politics being what they are, with racial things and, and all the other things that, are, that the world is using to divide us right now, I think... If we can successfully focus on Jesus to the extent to where we want him more than anything else, I, I think the things that seek to divide us are going to seem less important. Um, and and, and I, I think maybe that's the key for coming back together is to recognize, hey, we're the bride of Christ. You know, hey, we're here to worship uh, something that's bigger than us. We're here to be thankful that we have even the breath we have. Uh, we're here to praise God that he's you know, seen to, to live among us and to work through us. And the more we keep focused on Jesus, I think the less we're going to find to distract us and to divide us. Um, and I think maybe that's been part of the pr- problem with the pandemic is we've been so bored in home and unable to do anything that we've been looking for things to keep us entertained. And some of those things have been uh, divisive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we've been watching the news a little more than we used to, or we've been, uh, you know, on Twitter or on Facebook a little more than we used to and, and just find more and more and more. And we can't go out or we can't go to church. So we invest in things that tend to, to pull us apart. I don't know. You know, Josh, as you were saying that, I kept thinking Hebrews 12, where it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us. Yeah, yeah and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, race marked out for us, fixing, there's the phrase, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, if we really are serious about reconciling and we're really serious about post-pandemic we need to do that fixing you know the greek word of fixing it's a artillery it's a bow and arrow um, picture it was used for that that you you're aiming an arrow at a target and and that's the deal you know we're aiming an arrow at a target called jesus Mm. at and we're bringing it alive you know in and through the power of the holy spirit and and maybe that's one of the things that we need to tell all of our people. Yeah. 
I, I wonder too then if if I disagree with someone about how masks should be used in the church, um, I wonder if we can both agree that uh, that Jesus is the most important thing and we need to be about worshiping him if masks will become a little bit less important. And I, I'm not saying we shouldn't wear them or that makes them not you know important at all or something, but we'll find a way to deal with the masks because the more important thing is what we need to be here for. And, and, and I'm already doing that at Danforth because we, we, when we began worshiping again and we opened back up, we were about a 50, 50. And yeah. I, I kept looking at everyone saying, let's have Jesus. Let's have Jesus. Let's do yeah. Jesus. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't as big the f- key phrase wasn't as big of an issue because we were about Jesus. You know, yeah. we were being together. And then when the second wave hit of COVID, it became so real to people that we went up to 90% sure. wearing masks, sure. you know. And, and I, I made it real clear that, you know, one of my sermons, I got, I got a little bit, with the last name McDonald, I get a little bit scotch. I get a little bit Braveheart, they call it. <laughs> and I made it real clear. We're trusting too much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're trusting too much in masks and not enough in Jesus. Yeah, and I made that. I, real I wonder clear. if it it would be helpful every once in a while too, to realize, um, you know, that person that you're having this huge disagreement with that you're about to end a friendship over, it, it, and, and it may be a secondary issue with somebody that you're going to be spending forever with in in heaven, <laughs> and it'd be good to try to work that kind of stuff out now, so that you, don't, <laughs> don't know, but you, you know, it, it it's. One of the things I have to come to terms with all the time is there's going to be people that aren't in my denomination in heaven, but there's always there's also going to be people that that uh, had a completely different view about some political things and about masks and about others that, that that Jesus loves that are doing everything they can to please Jesus and live for Jesus. And we don't agree on some of these issues, but I'm going to be spending forever with them and I'm called the family of God with them right now. And maybe that'll be a little bit of motivation to get make the main things the main things. I think, I, and and I think that's where that the the Matthew five text that I was thinking about that Matthew five forty three through forty eight. You know, you have heard that it was said, "Love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But yeah. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, sure. that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. He causes that way, yeah. You know that that part of that picture of how how do we love one another, even though we see the world differently. Yeah, you know maybe we can look at this even historically, and say that maybe we need to take that step back and realize that this pandemic is just one of many, many, many things that have divided people, have divided the church throughout history. I mean, even in our own country, um, some of the people who are the most profound um, professing Christians were on different sides, for instance, in the Civil War. Now, I cannot tell you that I have any way that I can even reconcile, there's that word again, in my mind, how somebody could fight for keeping slavery. Hmm. But there were people on that side who said that they were trying to glorify God. You know, I don't know, and I know many people now, and I'm going to stick my my neck out right now and say, I don't know how people can support abortion on demand and say that they are glorifying Jesus Christ through that position. 
but there are people who have that position who say they are trying to follow Jesus Christ. This pandemic is just another one of those things that divides us. And we need to understand that there are people from all over the spectrum that are following Jesus or trying to follow Jesus. And if we maybe need to realize that maybe I don't see Jesus perfectly, maybe I think I do, but maybe I don't, and maybe none of us sees Jesus perfectly yet. It's, in fact, doesn't the Bible say that, that now we see us through a glass dimly, but then we shall be fully known and, and, and we will see him face to face. It, and, you know, when, when you say that, Pete, it, it comes to my mind that even though we experience the world differently and we may not be able to come to an agreement on something, the reality is we still have to love one another in Christ first. That, that I grew up in uh, Christ Church of Oakbrook there in the southwest side of Chicago. Actually, it was western suburbs. It was a church of 5,000. Now, a church that big had such a variety of political... Yeah. You, you had as many on left and right. And I remember talking to Dr. DeCryder. I said, how do you preach to a church that is so culturally and politically different? And he used to always say to me, he says, first off... I love them all in Christ because that's what I'm called to do. They will know we are Christian. By our love, by our love. Yeah. The second thing is I teach them to major on the majors and not to get caught up in the minors. Yeah. You know, um, I sat in, I grew up in that church. I got. I went there when I was fourth grade, non-denominational. And as part of being an intern there, um went into that setting, and, and he always told the new people coming into the life of the church, whether they're Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Lutheran, we start with Jesus. We do our sacraments via the Reformed understanding, but we want you to know we start with Jesus. And, and I think my prayer for the greater faith community, the Church of Jesus Christ, is that we maintain that balance that, you know, Josh, you've talked about so well, maintain that balance of spirituality that we better start with Jesus first as we work with the physical side. Mm -hmm. And if we have that heart of Jesus, we're going to be driven to be reconcilers and to love those who are hard to love because that's what we're called to do. We need to love everybody, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. And as as pastors, we I think we will find even in our own congregations, maybe you guys have congregations where everybody loves you and there's nobody who has anything against you or whatever, but uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh it, it, you have to love everybody, and 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 we have to realize that sometimes the hardest thing is to bring two people or two sides or two groups together to be able to understand that hey, it's about Jesus, and that's where the Holy Spirit kicks in. That's where yeah. that Ephesians six eighteen because it's not me that's responsible to do that. It's me getting out of the way to let the Holy Spirit redeem, to let the Holy Spirit reconcile. Yeah, I also, I, I just want to bring up how, how, how 
horrible it would be to know that my personal preference kept somebody from meeting Jesus at our church. Amen. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to negate masks or anything to a personal preference. I know it's more than that. I, I understand there, there are real fears tied to it, people who've lost and all that kind of thing. But, but the most important thing somebody's going to do in our church is meet Jesus. It's not it's not follow the rule that I have in place about cleanliness or something like that. It's meeting Jesus. And I don't want to be the one that stands in the way of somebody meeting Jesus at our church. And I think that that's where we need to kind of stop things, guys, because we're just about out of time. So I hope that people who are listening to this know Jesus. Pastor Mac, Don McDonald, Josh Kugel, this is Pete Vecchi. We'll see you later. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.